So today could be as important of uh, a message as I could possibly speak. Uh, and we're, we're just going to look at this historical writing of the book of Acts, which is in the Bible. And uh, it's a historical book, so I don't know whether you liked history or not uh, in school, but this is a history of the church and how it got to where it is today and what happened. And what we've got to do is just credit the Holy Spirit with his empowerment to these new believers that changed everything. And we're going to see that in the stories that we're going to read from this ancient writing written by Luke uh, to us so that we could read it today. Thank God that God preserved it so that we could know uh, the early beginnings of the church and learn from those. And we're going to look at how they received supernatural boldness. I mean, supernatural boldness. Let's look at a story, and we're going to just jump into it. In Acts chapter 4, verse 23, uh, Peter and John have been arrested for preaching the gospel, for preaching about Jesus and telling people about Jesus. So they've been arrested, like many people today, okay, across the world, uh, there could be people watching today that you're, you're kind of hoping that you're able to watch this without getting arrested because uh, there, there's uh, persecution, people who die martyrs' deaths more today than ever. Uh, the persecution against the name of Jesus is as fierce as it has ever been on this planet and so if ever we needed supernatural boldness, it's today. So this is what happened. They, they were arrested. But then in verse 40 or 23, they were released. And Peter and John, here's what they did. They went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard this, here's what they did. That they said, well, we're going to have to be more quiet. Is that what they said? We're going to have to stop wearing those Christian t-shirts out there. No. No, that, that's not what they said. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. I love that. We need some higher help today, right? We, we need to go to God. And skip on down to verse 29, and we'll see what they prayed. Now, Lord, consider their threats. And, and, and you know, wouldn't you maybe be tempted to say, and, and Lord, send a tornado that only hits their house. <laughs> you know, maybe some of us. Uh, you know, an earthquake that only kind of hits their neighborhood. I don't know. It's just weird, you know, and all these people are gone. Uh, that, that's not what they prayed. They didn't worry about them. They prayed for themselves to and be enabled your servants to speak your word with great what? Boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal. 
and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Notice this. They, they, they prayed for two things. They prayed for boldness and signs and wonders. They're not praying that, you know, God help us get a transfer to some beach somewhere in the Caribbean to preach or something like that, get another assignment. But, but Lord, give us boldness and do some signs and wonders in your name. And look at verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled. Somebody say all. All filled. Not, not a person left out. All filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. God answers prayer. I said, God answers prayer. He answers prayer. It, it's, and, and he pours out his spirit. And that's not a denomination thing, okay? It's not a denomination thing. It's, it's not about this denomination teaches this or what. It's about a Bible thing, Okay? It's, a, it's about a Bible thing that God said and God promised. And God loves answering prayers for boldness. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't know about your new car. Okay. Or your new clothes. Or your new house. Or whatever. But I'm telling you, God gets excited to answer prayers about boldness. He answers those prayers. Because see, Jesus said in Acts 1.8, he says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. See, everyone needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Everyone needs to be filled. Because here's what Jesus was saying. He says, listen, I've taught you for over three years. How many think Jesus teaching your Sunday school class, you'd learn something? You, you'd know something. How many three years of Bible college, over three years of Bible college with Jesus, the Son of God, you think, okay, got this, right? Got this. And Jesus says, no, you don't. No, you don't. I know you've been in church. I know you've been to VBS. I know you've memorized scriptures. I know you've gone to Bible college. I know you've done all this. I know you've got information in your head and you know some things, but I'm telling you, I know something. You need something else. That's what he says. He says, you know, and, and I'm just going to say as nicely as I can today to anyone who was reared in church or you've been, you, you've, you've, you've taught Bible classes, you know, you know stuff and you can debate people about scripture. You got scripture memorized and whatever. I'm going to tell you under the authority of Jesus, you need something else. You haven't got it all. You haven't got everything you need. Because Jesus said, what you need to do is hold on. And here's what they did. They waited for 10 days praying for whatever Jesus 
had for them. When's the last time you prayed 10 days straight for whatever Jesus has for you? I'm not talking about something you want, something you're trying to, no, I'm talking about what he wants. When's the last time you prayed 10 days? God, whatever you've got, give it to me. Fill me. I need you. They waited 10 days straight for it. And listen, here's what he did. He gave them boldness. Two things you can write down today. I hope maybe you write down a couple more things. But these are two blanks. So for those who just can't go on without filling in the blanks, uh, boldness to preach. Give us boldness to preach and boldness to pray. Because these are two things that these people did. They boldly proclaimed and they boldly prayed. They, they would pray anytime, any place for people. I, I'm talking about when you're in Kroger, okay, and you're in the frozen food section and you bump into somebody, you say, oh, hey, how you doing? And, all, and you exchange greetings and different, hey, how, how are things going? And they say, mm, not so good. Yeah, I, I've got this wrong and this happening and this taking place. And I've got a lot of uncertainty. And maybe, here's what you say, okay? Is, well, hey, we'll be praying for you. We'll be praying for you. And then you, you go on and get the rest of your groceries and, and on. Life gets busy, right? And then next Sunday, you see them in the lobby. And, and you, you see them walking towards you and you're like, Oh my gosh, there's so-and-so. And I said, I'd pray for the Lord in the name of Jesus. I pray for so-and-so right now that they, and then you walk up to him and say, hey, I've been praying for you. Come on, somebody. Who am I preaching to right now? Been there, done that, right? And so here's, here's what I want to encourage you, church family, to do next time. When somebody says something like that, just say, well, hey, I'll pray for you right here, right now. Let's just join together. In the name of Jesus, I pray for my brother and my sister. God, I rebuke the devil off of them, their family, their finances, their health. God, I believe that right now here in this place, you touch them with your mighty power. And God, we're believing, we're agreeing together. And you said, if any two of us will agree as touching anything we shall ask, it shall be done of our Father in heaven and I believe over my brother, my sister right now that they're healed, they're well, they're delivered in Jesus' name. And listen, you do that in the frozen food section, it's easy to get goosebumps, all right? I'm just saying, uh, you get a little extra help there. But... Uh, the supernatural power of God, give us boldness, right? Give us boldness to preach and to pray. I want to pick the story up in the next chapter. Acts chapter 5. Here's what comes next. Crowds gathered in verse 16. 
also from the towns around Jerusalem. How many know people are hungry? Hello? People are searching. And here's what's unfortunate is the world says, oh, it's over here. Oh, it's over here. And it only costs $15.99 a month or whatever. <laughs> or it's this or it's that, right? And our culture wants to tell. And, and, and the crowds gather. People need Jesus. They need the Lord. They don't know what they need. They just know they need something. And so here's what they did. They brought their, their sick and those tormented by evil spirits. How many know the devil's alive today? And all of them were healed. And then the high priest and his associates, the religious group, who were members of the party of the Sadducees. And, and just by the way, the way to remember the Sadducees, I had a Bible college professor teach me this, that, that they are not believers in the resurrection. They were religious people. They're part of the Sanhedrin, part of it. But they were a group, a, a sect of people that taught there is no resurrection. And so they were sad, you see. Okay, a little preacher humor. Thank you for laughing. All right, so, so they're the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. I want you to know not everybody's going to be excited that you're going to church now. Not everybody's going to be excited. All of a sudden, your vocabulary's changing. All of a sudden, you're not doing some of the stuff you used to do. All of a sudden, you, you kind of change. You're, you're not the same person anymore. Not everybody's going to be happy about that. And, and these religious people, here's what they were. They were filled with jealousy. Man, they're People are going there. They're going to them. And so here's what they did. Verse 18, they do it again. Only this time they arrested everybody. Get that, get the rest of them. Get all the apostles. And so they go around, they arrest the apostles and put them in the public jail. They're going to make a public scene of this. <laughs> but keep on reading. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. And, it, and the angel says, go stand in the temple courts and tell the people the full message of this new life. How many know that the world doesn't need part of a gospel? The, the world doesn't need half a gospel. The world needs the full gospel of Jesus, the full measure, the full Bible, everything, right? And, and so he said, tell them the full message. How many are glad you got the full message? Hello? Of this new life. And so at daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they have been told, and began to teach the people. So these are the same guys that just a few days ago were in the garden praying with Jesus, falling asleep. And Jesus like, okay, whatever. And, and just kept on praying. And then they come, the Romans come to arrest him. And they're like, oh, what are we going to do? And, uh, and, and then they arrest him, take him off. And listen, here's what they did. They scattered. They scattered. And Jesus gets crucified. And then you know what they do? They lock the door. They get in a room and they lock the door. 
And, and they're just waiting. And then Jesus freaks them out because he doesn't use the door. He just, I guess, walked through the wall and just popped in for a visit and freaked them out because they were scared to death. They, they were cowards. What does it take to move from cowardice to courage. How, how are these guys so changed? I'm telling you how it is. It's Holy Spirit activation. The Holy Spirit comes in and, and they begin to say, you know what? We got to tell this. We got to, he's alive, he's risen. And we got to tell people this. There is a Savior. There is one who has borne your sins upon a cross. We saw it. We saw him buried. And now he's alive. And he is Jesus Christ the Lord. And we've got to preach that. We've got to teach that. Everyone deserves to hear about Jesus. And how many think that's true? Everybody deserves to hear about Jesus. I want to read you what I think is one of the most convicting quotes from an atheist that I've ever heard. It comes from Penn Gillette, who you may know from Penn and Teller, magicians. And here's what he said. I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life and you think that it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. An atheist who think people shouldn't proselytize and who say, just leave me alone and keep your religion to yourself. How much, he poses this question, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? Are you convicted? He goes on to say, it's like if I saw a truck coming at you and you're not moving and after a while, you're still not moving. There's a point where I just tackle you. I, I just knock you out of the way because I see the danger. And how can we not do that for others? How many know we need supernatural boldness? We need supernatural boldness. So it doesn't matter where it is, if it's Kroger, if it's, you know, I almost said Kmart. Good night. Is there any Kmart even left? I don't know. But, but if there's any, any place, any time, any space, anything, anywhere where we will not speak, preach, or proclaim, or pray in the name of Jesus. Because here's what they went on to do. In verse 21, at daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. 
And when the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin. Now, this is everybody. This is Pharisees, Sadducees, everybody together. The full assembly of the elders of Israel and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers could not find them there. So they went back and reported, well, we found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were puzzled, wondering what would come of this. Then someone came and said, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people, their church. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them because the people wanted it. Having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. They wouldn't even say the name. And he said, yet, I love this, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you're determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. We're still not going to say his name. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than men. How many know that is supernatural boldness for a bunch of guys who just a few days ago were locked up in a room, who just a few days ago wouldn't stand by their man, Jesus, who would deny him three times. I mean, this is supernatural boldness to tell people what they need to hear so desperately, no matter what the cost. No matter what the cost. And, and let me just say, you know, before you get all hyped up, that's right, we shouldn't obey the government or whatever. That there's only two times that Christians can't obey the government. And that is when the government commands you to do something that the word of God teaches you not to do. In other words, we want you to obey or we want you to bow down to this idol or whatever, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Old Testament. You know, we're not, we can't do that. I can't even act like I'm tying my shoe, okay? And just kind of, you know, I didn't really bow. I had to tie my shoe, you know? That's all that was. Mm -mm. No, can't compromise. And then another time is when we are told to be forbidden to do what God's word teaches us to do. In other words, when they say, don't speak that name anymore. We're okay if you have a message of kindness. Just be kind. Just, just preach that. Can you just do that? Just, just talk about kindness. 
And I'm all for kindness. Anybody here? I'm all for that. But I'll tell you what will help you to be more kind is if you get filled with the Holy Spirit because one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, there's your homework assignment, okay? Go home and read that for lunch. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 talk about nine fruits of the Holy Spirit that if you get filled with the Holy Spirit, so much so that it's almost like you're drunk with the Holy Spirit is the context there. If you would do that, then you'd act different. Filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. So a Christian, listen, unless those two things happen, here's what Christians are gonna do. We're gonna obey the law. We're gonna be some of the best citizens in the country that you could ever hope for. We're, we're gonna be some of the best employees. We're gonna be some of the best employers. We're gonna be the kind of person you want your daughter to marry. We're, we're gonna be that kind of person in the culture. But ultimately, if it comes down to it, listen, here's what I am. I, I was born here in this country. I was fortunate, I was blessed enough that my mom and dad, biologically speaking, came together. I don't have to get into that, right? So, so they came together, and I was born in America. And so I've been fortunate, I've been blessed enough that all these years, I, I've lived here. I, I didn't choose this, it just, it just happened. But as much as I'm a citizen of the United States of America, and I'm happy for that, I am much more a citizen of heaven. And if it comes down to a choice, I'm going to choose my eternal home over this temporary one. Anybody with me on that? Because that one's forever. So, so other than that, hey, we're, we're going to be some of the best people you could ever meet. But Jesus said to us, here's what he said, and he, he, he didn't mince words. He, he was very clear. He says, go preach the gospel to everybody. Go preach it to everybody. Go tell everybody. Don't leave anybody out. Everybody counts with me. I want everyone to be reached. And, and so that's what Peter does right in their face, okay? These religious people have told him, don't be talking in that name anymore. Well, it's only a few words in and he's gonna use it, okay? Here, here it is in verse 30. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree and God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses. I, I saw him. I know what I'm talking about of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit. How many, the Holy Spirit's revealed it to you you weren't there either, but the Holy Spirit's revealed it to you whom God has given to those who obey him. He says, you killed him, God raised him. Just clear. You killed him, God raised him. And, and so when the Holy Spirit, I want you to understand, when the Holy Spirit boldness comes on you, it's powerful. I know it's wonderful if you get goosebumps. And I'm all for goosebumps. 
And, and you say, well, I pray in a prayer language. And I'm like, awesome. I wish everybody did that. I wish everyone had the ability to do that. I'm, I'm glad. But Jesus said, you're going to get power. Isn't that what he said? He says, what, what's going to come into you and all that other stuff's going to support is power so that you are a better witness. Because in Luke chapter 2, or excuse me, Luke chapter 12, Jesus told the disciples, there's going to be times when you get with people and you don't know what to say. Have you ever been there? Maybe that's what holds you back from witnessing as much as you could. Because you're thinking, well, what am I going to say? And what if they say? And what if they tell? And they have more ammunition than I do. What's that going to be? And Jesus said, I got you covered. I got you covered. When you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit does know what to say. I wonder if there's at least two other people in this room that you've been in a situation where you did not know what to say. You did not know what to do next. But something supernatural is the only way to describe it. Came on you and you said something and you did something and it was like, whoa, where'd that come from? Are there at least two people in this room that have had that experience? Besides me. Because I, I'm telling you, that's what happens. And so here's, here's what happens. Okay, he just told them, <laughs> you killed him. God raised him. Here's the reaction. Verse 33. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. I, I mean, this, is, this word... I looked it up. It, it, it just goes all over the place. It, it's like they just lost their minds. They, they just... Anybody ever get around somebody like that? Where it's like, woo, okay, chill. Just calm down. Veins popping and blood flowing and on. And, and, and that's what happened. See, let me just say... This can be how convicted people react. See, what might be happening is your brother-in-law is about to get saved. And he's miserable right now. See, right now, that coworker that gets, mm, what? You know, what? They, they, they might be just about ready to commit themselves to God. See, Convicted people react this way. That's the reason why you see this. You know, you get a Christian. I saw something the other day where a Christian was invited onto one of these talk things where they all sit around and, you know, and, and talk. And, and this Christian-like person was on there saying something. And I saw what they said. And I thought, well, they won't be invited back. They're not going to be able to be on that show again because they don't like that, because they just hit them with the truth. And see, when you do that, sometimes people react. So don't get put off and don't think, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't talk anymore. Maybe I shouldn't say anything else, because maybe they're getting close. In verse 34, there was a Pharisee 
named Gamaliel. Now, I don't have time to tell this now, but later Paul will talk about this guy in Scripture. And he says, this guy is like a master teacher. He, he is like super PhD. He is like, you know, the ultimate Bible scholar teacher. And, and so a Pharisee named Gamaliel, teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, so that everybody knew who he was, he stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that these men be put outside for a little while. Just, just kind of take these guys out. And then he addressed them, men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do with these men. Some time ago, Thutis appeared claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. And he was killed, and all his followers were dispersed, and it came to nothing. After him, Judas, the Galilean, appeared in the days of the census, and he led a band of people in revolt, and he too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. See, now, now part of this is true because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to stop it. But understand, I'll just pause here for a second to let you know, in Jewish history, in Jewish teaching, there, there's a lot in there, and you can see it in the scriptures, how, how that, you know, if you got good things going in your life, well, you must have the favor of the Lord. You must be a good person, because you've got good things happening. And likewise, you see this in the book of Job, if you've got bad things happening, you must be a sinner. What, what kind of sin do you have in your life that all this bad stuff is happening to you? And I just want you to know that those statements are false. That you could be having all kinds of good stuff come your way and you're one of the slime, most slime ball hell-raising person that anybody's ever seen. Hello? Likewise, you could be the most righteous person, good to the core as much as you can be, and surrendered to the Savior and have all kinds of bad stuff coming your way. And it doesn't mean you're bad. It could mean you're headed in the right direction. It could mean that you've got hell ticked off and they've decided to try to slow you down. So here, here's what he says in verse 40. Let me, let me read this. We're going to wrap this up. His speech, he, said, he finishes his speech and it persuaded them. So they called the apostles in and had them flogged. And then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Now, 
when this says flogged, understand that there were two types of flogging. There, were, there was a flogging that the Romans would do and they would take these whips and they would attach bone, they would attach metal, they'd attach stuff to it. And then when they'd whip a person, the, the 40 minus one, and where are my math majors? At 39, right? <laughs> 39. And, and so they'd whip them 39 times. And here's what would happen a lot of times, they'd die. They'd lose so much blood, it was just so horrible. And they'd die like that. And then the Jewish people had a different version. They took a whip without all that, just the leather straps. So they were much more merciful as God's people. And, and so they, they whipped with just the leather straps. And so these, these apostles received 39 lashes upon them. Now, what do you think they did. What, what would, no, let's ask this. What would you do? What would you do? Would you say, oh, gosh, you know, let's just wear the Christian t-shirt inside out. You know, I mean, we're still wearing it. Jesus knows, you know. Or, or you know, I'm, I'm just going to put this cross inside. I'm, I'm still wearing it. Now it's even closer to my heart, you know, than it was before. And, uh, you know, we've still got right now media. We, we can watch that at home. And we can watch, we, we watch religious programming at home. And, 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 and we can read the Bible uh, in the dark with a little bit of light. And, and we can, let me tell you something. None of that was in their thoughts. Hello? They, they weren't even thinking about that. That, wasn't, that didn't even enter their minds. Look at this in the next verse, 41. The apostles left the Sanhedrin. Here's what they did. Rejoicing. They're, they're giving high fives. <laughs> that they're coming out saying, mm, give me some of that, John. Give me some. Peter, get over here. Come on. Hey, those, stri those straps look good on you. Those stripes, that's, that, you look good. No, they're, they're, not, they're not hanging it up. That They're saying with joy because we've been counted. Think about this. We've been counted worthy of suffering for our Savior. Not to the degree that he suffered for us, because he suffered so much more. But we've been counted worthy enough, we're just able enough to at least endure some suffering for him. Now, I'm telling you, you need the Holy Spirit for that. To have that kind of attitude. And some of you, you don't have all you could have. You don't have all the power you could have. And, and you say, well, uh, you just don't know, Craig, because I can speak in tongues and I, I can do other things and whatever. That's awesome. But Jesus said, you're going to have power to witness when people say, don't do that anymore. Don't ever speak in that name anymore. And, and I'm telling you all across the world, and there could be people watching right now in places that are, that are hoping 
not to be discovered, that, that they'll live another day to tell somebody else about Jesus. We're so spoiled in this country, so spoiled in this nation. And, and Jesus said, you're going to be witnesses and, and, and to the ultimate to where you could even be a martyr. So here's what it is. It's no longer about self-preservation. It's about spirit propulsion. It's about, you know what? I drove here today, and how many of you worried about being followed by a government official that might see you driving into a church that preaches in the name of Jesus? No. But if it happened this week that it was no longer legal would you be here next week? That's what I'm talking about. I, I'm talking about boldness to where there's a power. Because look at what happened. And then, then we're going to pray. Verse 42. Day after day in the temple courts, like church, like this. So they, they would go to church all the time. And they went to life groups. Everybody in a life group? Because they went from house to house. And notice this. They never stopped teaching. They, they never stopped. They never stopped. No matter what. It doesn't matter. We're not stopping. We're not going to quit. We're not going to back down. It doesn't matter what the government, doesn't matter what religious people think, doesn't matter what my neighbor thinks, doesn't matter about anybody else, what they think, they would not stop. And that's what we need today. How many of you need power to be able to be like that? To be able to be like that. That's what God wants to do in you because our world deserves to hear about Jesus. And the scripture says, how are they going to hear unless somebody tells them? How are they going to hear unless somebody tells them? Let's pray. Father, some of us today need some help with this. Because it doesn't take much for us to shut up. It doesn't take much for us to never witness. It's been a long time for some of us that we prayed for him. And some of us, God, we may claim to be Christians, Christ followers, but we've never told people about Jesus. And so God, today, help it to hit home. Maybe you're here this morning or you're online and you'd say, Craig, man, I'll tell you, just that quote you read, let alone the scripture, I'm convicted today. I could do better. I could say more. I could pray more. I, I'm sure there's been times where I've missed God and I've missed an opportunity, but I don't want to be that person anymore like these disciples. I don't want to sit in some locked room. I don't want to sit safe to myself. I want to get out there and believe God to fill my mouth to touch somebody else with the good news of 
Jesus. How many are with me today? You want the Holy Spirit's empowerment to be able to do that better every day of the week. Raise your hand all over this room. Yeah, hands all, all across this room online. Just stretch your hand toward the screen. Father in heaven, I pray for every student. I pray for every person at work. I pray for every person who walks the halls of a school where there's so much against God, against the name of Jesus. I pray for boldness today. I pray, God, that you empower your church so that we would not shrink back, but instead we would power up in the Holy Spirit and see this world changed for your glory. Maybe you're here today and you need to receive that good news of Jesus yourself. There could, there, there could be somebody here or somebody online just like we were hearing about a few moments ago. That today's the day of salvation for you. Now is the accepted time. You need to act on it. It is good news. It's incredible news that Jesus came on this planet as history records and he died on a cross and he rose from a dead from the dead and there's still an empty tomb today because he's alive and because of that you can have life in him just like Peter said hey you can come you can accept this good news today and if you need good news of God in your life forgiveness of sin if you need to be washed if you need to know that there's not just one 100 ways or 50 ways or five ways to God but Jesus said there's one way to God I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me if you need Jesus to get to the Father today just raise your hand in this room and just say yes Yes, that's me. I need him. I need God. Am I online? Just type the word decided in the chat. And we're going to start praying for you and believing God in your life. As a matter of fact, everybody just pray this prayer after me so those around you who raised a hand will have boldness to do it them, themselves. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. I believe through his death, he paid for my sins. And so today I ask you to wash me, to forgive me, to help me start over as much as I know how. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for coming in and accepting me as a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church family. Let's welcome those who prayed that prayer.